Hi, welcome to episode 17 of The Teacher's Promise. I'm your host, Brett Hansen, and I'm happy to help celebrate, inspire, and nurture educators around the world by sharing cool stories about cool people. This episode is special because for the first time, I get to interview three extraordinary teachers instead of one. Sarah Ritchie, Bonnie White, and Naomi Files are the heart and soul of Southern Door High School's performing arts program, leading the choir, the band, and producing an extraordinary musical every year. This episode is so wonderful, we must split it into two parts, one before and one after the winter break. In part one, we discuss the importance of compassion in the performing arts, safe spaces, kindness, community, and why we need the performing arts and performing arts teachers like these three in all schools. So, let's get to it. Welcome back to The Teacher's Promise. I'm very excited to share this week's show with you because today you get not one, not two, but three extraordinary teachers and their wonderful stories. This week, we're focusing on the performance arts and the performing arts and its role in connecting with kids and developing compassion. And I have three spectacular guests, uh, Sarah Ritchie, Bonnie White, and Naomi Files. Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining the show. Um, And I know it's going to be a good one. Does somebody want to just start off and tell us a little bit about yourself? This is the first time I've ever done a group interview, so uh, I think it's better if we all just jump in. Yeah, I can go first. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm relatively new to being a teacher. Actually, I've only been at it for about three years. um, And for a while, I didn't know if I even wanted to be a teacher. But I've quickly realized that it's one of the best jobs that I could have had. Um, My primary discourse is I actually teach high school English. um, But in this capacity, I work as uh, one of the musical directors at Southern Door High School, which has been a really fulfilling job for me especially as someone who's so new to the profession. Yeah. And I just want to say that for your first year, it's been spectacular. The musical was wonderful. I'm sure Bonnie or Naomi will say more about that. So uh, Bonnie or Naomi, you want to introduce yourself, please? Bonnie, you want to go? Sure. I was just going to be the last one since I've been in teaching probably the longest. Um, This is my 37th year of teaching. I taught about 25 years in Marinette and this is my 10th year. So I guess it's 27 years in Marinette and this is my 10th year at Southern Door. I've taught 4K through grade 12 vocal and general music. And I'm glad to be here. Uh, Well, I'm Naomi Files. I have been at Southern Door. This is year nine. Um, Southern Door was my first first job out of college. Um, Had the pleasure of working with Bonnie all nine years that I've been there. Um, And then, of course, starting to work with Sarah in the last two years. Um, I've directed in in the capacity that we're talking about here today with the Pitt Orchestra. Um, I've been, or with the musical, rather. Sorry. Um, I've been directing the pit orchestra i've directed seven of the shows in my nine here nine years here seven pit orchestras yeah i think you're absolutely right naomi it's a privilege to work with bonnie and sarah both um wonderful wonderful teachers so i thank you for sharing your 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 pathways into uh, education and how you guys came together um as everybody knows the main focus of this podcast is compassion 
uh, for students, for teachers, um, all of that. Uh, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about the role of compassion in your teaching, both in performing arts and also maybe in the English classroom, maybe how they're different? Absolutely. Yeah. For me, compassion is, it's paramount to teaching. I don't think there's a single teacher out there who doesn't lead with compassion in their classroom and outside of their classroom. I think with performing arts in particular, students are in a context where they don't have to be the smartest one in the room. They don't have to be the strongest learner. They just get to be themselves or even better, they get to step into the role of of a new character and explore someone who they would have never explored before. Um, so for us, uh, and for me particularly, providing a space where we can support students as they explore themselves as individuals is really, really important. And it, it yields a really positive uh, result for us also. So compassion, at least for me anyways, is not just giving a student a script or giving a student a score. It's helping them to see that they're capable of more than they ever thought that they were, uh, that they're capable of achieving more than they ever thought they could. So if that's showing them that they have a voice on the stage or that they can express themselves through an instrument or through their voice, I think it gives them a new way to express themselves that, that is unique to the performing arts. And I think you see that in English too, which is part of why I love to teach both of them simultaneously we get to expose students to caring in a way that they get to then share with communities beyond uh, beyond the classroom and beyond the school. I think we arm them in a good way to be good citizens through the compassion that we show them in the classroom and outside. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's certainly what we're trying to do. And even if it doesn't always show up, it has an effect. It, it, it touches them in some way and it teaches them in some way. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Bonnie, you um, are, you know, a little bit over on the other side of the spectrum. Sarah's first year figuring out, or second year, I'm sorry, second year figuring out how compassion is going to play a part in her classroom. What about you as a veteran teacher with many, many years dealing with kids? What role does compassion play for you in the choir room and then also in the musical? Well, I think being a choir teacher and a teacher of voice um, I, it's essential, um, because you're dealing with a person, uh, you can't separate a person's voice from <laughs> themselves. It's their instrument. So, and in order to tell a story or to sing a story, like in the musical, they, they, they have to have a safe space where they can be expressive and be themselves, um, there's no other way, I guess there's no other way to explain it because, you know, it's just essential and they have to be compassionate with one another too, because it is their, their own voice and they have to be kind and gentle and encouraging, um, as they're performing. So do you, do you often have to teach them or do lessons in the beginning with kids being compassionate towards each other through choir and in song. I mean, I understand completely what you're saying. I love that idea that, that you, they, the voice and the self are so connected for choir. Do you feel like sometimes, or have you had to in the past teach them how to be kind to each other? Yes, I guess so. I mean, 
I try to focus on the positive and, and show empathy. And I, I expect that from the high school kids and the kids that I have that are singers usually have been pretty, in most cases, very kind to one another and, and helpful. And, and especially this year and working in the musical, um, Sarah and Naomi are both such compassionate people. I think that as a team, the students have had, were shown good examples, I guess, and expectations. So, and then they did feel safe, obviously. Others, they wouldn't have been able to perform as well as they did. So, yeah. And they I think did. to build off, to build off your point too, Bonnie, one of the things that we, we try to talk to them about in the beginning is that a show, and speaking from a musical perspective, a show is only as strong as the people behind it, right? So if we can instill in them from the beginning that if they can work as a team and if they can really care not only about their performance, but about the people that are on stage with them or down in the pit with them or in a lighting booth or, or whoever whoever works towards creating a show, if we can all work as a cohesive unit that works to support each other and not just us as directors show them compassion, but they showing each other's compassion, it creates a much stronger product than anything I think that we could do alone as teachers. Yeah, that's a good point. Wonderful point. Naomi, would you like to share a little bit about um, either the musical or especially band? I'm really looking forward to hearing about the role of compassion in, in the band room because they, they always, every school you go to, the band seems so tight. Um. Yeah, it's it's one of the um, one of the un almost unwritten, unspoken, not even rules, but things that happen within a band room. Um, and I I see it often in in choir rooms, especially our choir room as well. Um, but the thing that I talk to most band directors about is the fact that we always have students in our classroom, um, and it's because we more often than not the kids. Um, and the teachers are building safe spaces. Um, and those spaces, unfortunately, seem to be becoming fewer and farther between in our, in our society. Um, and these kids, the, ki- the kids that are drawn to the fine arts are often pretty gentle souls um, who thrive on a little bit more compassion, I guess. Um, and yeah, so it's the, the other students having the compassion for each other as well as coming down from the leadership. Um, I had one student um, during, during COVID, during the lockdown, I just, um, I had, I had create, created a Google, um, Google phone account um, when we were sent home for what we thought was going to be what two weeks, two and a half weeks, um, I had created a Google phone number so it was connected to my phone, but it wasn't my personal phone number. And I gave it to all the kids and I said, you know, I know this is going to be a rough two weeks. If you need to reach out because you have questions about assignments or if you just need human interaction beyond your family, um, here you go. If you abuse it, I will shut down this number, um, but I want you to be able to reach me. Um, and I got a text from one of my students one day basically saying, I miss the band room. She didn't miss school. She didn't miss 
her English classrooms. Sorry, English teachers Ouch. online. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> we know the deal. <laughs> um, she missed the band room, and she said that specifically. And and I asked her, like, why why specifically the band room? She goes, "That's my family." Um, and I think that's what it all comes down to. Is there are students who love the English classrooms, and I don't want to minimize that in any way. Um, I think all of the different arts within our schools, all of the performance arts, um, all of the fine arts and, and all of the athletics, they all lend themselves to a different kind of student. Um, every classroom, every subject lends itself to a different kind of student. Um, and so they're all equally important, but our, I tell my kids all, all the time, we succeed together and we fail together. If one of us fails, the entire band fails on that performance. Um, and that just kind of gives them that different different perspective. It's not, I got an A on my exam. This kid next to me didn't study as hard. Like, if the kid next to you is struggling, we're all going to sound bad. So yeah, I think I strayed a little bit from the point there. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's Feel free anytime. We definitely want to, uh, we just want to explore topics that are meaningful. And it really... It really is true. As an English teacher, for me personally, I try really hard to cultivate compassion and make sure they, they, they feel cared for, but they don't text <laughs> or email me and say, oh, Mr. Anson, I missed the English room. So you're doing something great down there. It seems like band teachers always are and choir teachers, and I'm sure you are too, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. So um, considering, I mean, this, this next question seems so obvious now, but why should people become educators, especially in the performing arts or get involved in the performing arts? It doesn't have to just be about compassion either. Why should people become performing arts teachers? Because it sure seems like it's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> There's no denying that. Um, I don't know. Bonnie and I talk, talk often about the fact that music and performing arts is something that can stick with you for the rest of your life. It is a lifelong skill. Um, and it's hard to find some of those skills. You know, at some point your body stops being able to do some of the things. And of course, at some point, you know, maybe my fingers or my lungs won't allow me to play trumpet the same way that I do um, now, but I will still be able to do music in some capacity, hopefully, ideally until the day that I die. Um, but, and that's not something that you get from a lot of, a lot of things. And as a teacher, I get to pass that knowledge along and pass my, my passion for, um, not only music, but I, musical theater is truly one of my favorite things in the world. So I get to pass, pass on that passion and my knowledge of those things to the next generation and ensure that they can now do this amazing thing until ideally the day that they die. Well, and I love that you bring that up too. And I think it's, my perspective is kind of skewed here, but so I was involved in uh, musical and theater arts uh, from pretty early on when I was a kid. Uh, and I don't teach it anymore now, but it's one of the few hobbies and forms of joy that I still hold with me, right? I mean, I teach English, but 
in the grand scheme of things, I'm not necessarily, you know, doing makeshift PE class when I'm an adult. I'm not, I was on dance for a while in high school. I, I don't keep up with that anymore, but music and performing arts are the one thing that I've tried really hard to keep with me. So, you know, to, to Files's point, just because I, I don't teach it doesn't mean that it's not something I've kept close to me all these years. And I think as performing arts educators, we have that ability to make that level of an impact on every student who walks through our doors. And it's not just something that they'll do in high school. Absolutely. It's something that likely they'll take with them for the rest of their lives. Bonnie, what about choir? Why, why should somebody strive to become a choral teacher? Well, I believe that, um, I don't know, music is, it, it, it should happen naturally. And I think um, children sing, you know, when they're little. Um, we, we listen to music all the time. It's part of our, um, I guess, just part of our life cycle. I mean, moms hopefully sing lullabies to children as a music teacher. I mean, I share music with, with the students and, um, you know, music is played. National anthem is sung at events. And, and to me, it's, it's essential. It's essential. It kind of balances us because it's essential to our soul. So, you know, um, that's why someone should get into choral music education or general music or band or music theater, because I think it's essential. Bonnie, you keep coming in with these just extraordinary one-liners, essential to our souls. <laughs> so that's, that's a pretty good reason. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. So, I'm sorry, Sarah, were you going to say something? Nope, I was just joining along. Okay, so yeah. So um, considering that and the importance of the performing arts, can you tell us a little bit about your kindest mentor, You know, your kindest teacher, somebody who had an influence on you that maybe inspired you to decide to dedicate your life to serving other people. Cause that's what we do. That's what teachers do. Whether people believe it or not, we are servants and I'd love to hear about somebody who inspired you. Sarah, you want to start us off? I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, and this feels kind of full circle now, um, the one teacher that stands out to me through my entire educational career was my high school band director. Um, I wasn't somebody who was heavily dedicated to school or pushed myself to always achieve my academic best by any means. But the And I truthfully don't remember a lot of my interactions with my teachers in high school or even fully in college. But my, my high school band director is someone who I still keep in contact with and who still helps me to be a stronger individual now. You know, I, I think returning back to the idea that that music and performing arts are are central for me the band room was a place that i could go to to be with people who would support me in all aspects of my life and my my band teacher was really central there he believed that every one of us could achieve our full potential not just through our instrument but as individuals you know so before school we'd go we'd go into the band room and we would we'd just be able to talk and it was an adult that i could go to who 
was just there to listen and wasn't there to tell me if I was the best or the worst at something, but he was just there as a, a constant in my life. And I think a lot of uh, students in band or in choir or in theater have a very similar experience where it's kind of a, a culture that's created in those rooms. And so having someone like him who was central, who was consistent, who I could go to for help and who helped to create that strong of a community is something I aspire to do in my teaching every day. I always want students to know that my room is a place that they can come to for a form of respite, right? They don't just need to come to me for help with English. They can come to me for help with their relationships or with maybe they're learning how to drive a car and they want someone to reassure them or, or anything really. So it was nice to have someone like that in my life that I could go to. And I hope to take that with me too. Yeah. That's good. Would you mind sharing his name so we can give him a little shout out? Yeah, absolutely. His name was Andy Hacker. Andy Hacker. All right. Good job, Mr. Hacker. Right. <laughs> that didn't sound as good. Good job, Andy. We'll go with that. That's <laughs> what about you, Naomi? Um, the, I, I was lucky enough to have three amazing music teachers. Um, well, many more than that, but specifically the three in high school. Um, but the one that I keep coming back to is my orchestra director. Um, her name's Christy Stingle. Um, she teaches out in Portland now. Um, she was the most kind and compassionate human being, um, that I could have learned from at that age, I think. Um, she came in my sophomore year and I was, I mean, I was a band student. I played in orchestra because we had a big enough school that we had a symphony orchestra, um, that I could play trumpet in. Um, but other than that, I was a band kid. I was a jazz band kid. Um, but I still spent my study hall in Christie's orchestra room instead of in the band room. Not that the band directors weren't amazing. I love both of them. Um, and I, I respect both of them. Um, loved working with them as teachers. Um, but Christy connected with us on a level that they just, they didn't quite get there. Um, oftentimes. Um, but she, I mean, she joked around with us and she, you know, joined in on our conversations where she could. And, um, you know, she still got her work done somehow. I don't know. We distracted her every hour of every day. Um, so God knows how she got her work done some days. Um, but she was just an incredibly kind and, um, compassionate soul. Um, and I actually was lucky enough that I was out in Seattle this summer. Um, and I reached out to her and I said, any chance, you know, we're going to, I'm going to be in Portland for a day. Um, any chance that you've got some freedom to connect for a coffee or something. Um, and she did, she put aside that entire day to take me and my friend around Portland and show us around. And just that, that kindness and compassion has not left her person. Not that I expected that it would. Um, but even, Let's see, I graduated in 2008. I probably haven't seen her since she moved out to Portland in 2010. Um, so that many years after the fact, she was still the same lovely, amazing person that I spent so many days with in high school. She sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bonnie? <clears throat> well, 
Um, my high school choir director was the one who encouraged me to go to Lawrence. And she is the one who kind of, you should do this. And um, she was kind of a fiery woman. <laughs> she was well-respected, um, but she was fiery. She, she was Irish. She had an Irish temper. But um, I think everybody knew she had compassion. Um, and everybody knew that she cared about us. Um, and, and I, that me saying that, that's really interesting because there were a group of us from the high school choir that actually were in town when she passed away in Green Bay and, um, showed up to her funeral. And because of her, all these, I mean, across probably 10, 15 years of students, um, had stayed connected and, um, as I said, sang for her funeral, which is kind of awesome <laughs> when I think about yeah. it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was her, but I had a lot of really good teachers. I was um, thinking about this ahead of time. I mean, I had a couple of really phenomenal math teachers in college and in high school. Um, just my studio teachers, my p piano teachers were compassionate, caring. Um, so I, it's just, I guess it's more than one. My high school choir director steered me in the direction of uh, music education and going to Lawrence, but I think it was a whole bunch of people actually. <laughs> yeah, it takes a village sometimes. What was her yeah. name? Can you oh. tell us her name? Oh, my high school choir director. Her name was yeah. Betty Dunn. Betty Dunn. Well, good yep. job, Betty. Well, great job, Betty Dunn and Andy Hecker and Christine Stingle for mentoring such extraordinary and wonderful teachers. And thanks to all of you for joining us again and believing that all children are our children and that all kids deserve our intelligent compassion. Next time, in part two, we'll hear some of the staples of the show with these guests, their funny stories, their advice, and why they're grateful to work with other excellent, caring teachers. So make sure you come back and tell your friends. And make sure you join the Teacher's Promise podcast Facebook group if you haven't already. And subscribe through the podcast provider of your choice. Take care. See you next time.